0: Sports Radio 1043 The Fan. Every Saturday morning, it's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Terry takes you inside the outdoors. You know, hunting, fishing, camping. It's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Now, here's
1: Terry. Good morning on this sunny Saturday holiday weekend. I mean, a lot of you are going to be getting outside this weekend. Uh, You know what? It's going to be beautiful, it's going to be warm, almost probably record warm, and then the weather's going to change. We're going to talk about how that weather change is going to affect fishing and hunting and what you can do right now. But the first thing I want to stress today is we've still got a number of wildfires burning in the state. If you are going outdoors, plan ahead. Make sure the area you're going to is open and be careful and no fires. Fires are banned statewide. I know in Fort Collins here, we can't even have charcoal grills. You can't. And in most places, that's true. And certainly, if you're a smoker, be careful. I mean, one careless uh, cigarette butt could cause just ridiculous amounts of damage. Uh, So let's just take it really easy and be careful with that. Let's go to the phones now. And joining us, he's a frequent contributor to the show. I'm pretty sure he's out on the water right now. And that's uh, Bernie Keith. Good morning, Bernie.
0: Good morning, Terry. How are you?
1: I'm doing well. And, you know, I, I we might as well start out. I I started out by mentioning the fire danger as people are heading out. But um, why don't you uh, kind of tell us what's going on up in the Granby area as far as smoke and fires?
0: The smoke hasn't been bad. It settled in a little bit today, but it's still not bad at all. Your visibility is real good. You can just see the haze in the air. So the smoke's not an issue right now. Um, we're supposed to get a little bit of breeze. Hopefully it'll blow it out of there. And Tuesday we're supposed to get snow. It'll be clear again.
1: Yeah, and with that, um, have has the recreation slowed down up there? Have people been afraid because of the fires? Or is, do they pretty well know that they can get over the pass and get good access?
0: Oh, my gosh, it is so busy up here. Nobody even considers there's a fire up here. Um, it's, it's busy as you can ever dream of it being.
1: Well, that's certainly good for the, the stores and the people and people like you who guide up there. You know, that's been an issue that we've all been concerned about as the outdoor community and our partners in that community. Bernie, what's going on up there? Now you and I, we've fished Lake Granby, you much more than me, but I go back to the eighties fishing Lake Granby and, uh, there's a time of the year when it's just – I always used to have it on my calendar because I knew I could go up there and take people up there that maybe weren't the the best anglers in the world and get them and fish, and that was that October, fall lake trout spawning bite. Are we going to be looking for that to be normally on time like it is?
0: You know, the water temperature says it's going to be right when it's going to be. So that'll start, you know – Maybe in the deeper water, they'll be real grouped up the middle of October, and then they'll start to slide up, and by the first of October, they should be on the dikes, and um, it should really be going by that first week of October. It should just be lights out good again.
1: And that's just such super fishing. Now, you mentioned, you said the middle of October, which meant the middle of September. It'll start, and you and I have fished it. If you were going to get up there in the next week or two, you'd probably have to work quite a bit harder and fish a little deeper, right?
0: You know you do, and the big fish are starting to mix with the little fish on the deeper humps, so you never know what you're going to catch right now. You can't. It's real tough to go out and target big fish and um Try to get them, but you are catching more fish than you were two weeks ago. Um, it has gotten that much better, and you still have a shot at some large fish. We're still getting them. Uh, we had a we had a good day just the other day. We ended up with a couple over 30. So um, it, you go out there and you just work hard. You watch your presentation, and you can get them.
1: Now, when this starts to go towards the end of this month, beginning of next month, and they're up shallow, that's just a tremendous opportunity. Tell people what the fishing will be like when those fish start to move shallow in about three weeks.
0: Uh, you'll be fishing the face of the dikes and uh, the rocky humps. You'll be you'll you'll right now you're fishing a lot of mud, but that'll all transition into you want to be around rocks, and that means you're going to snag a lot of lures. But the fish will be real thick. You'll just see big groups of fish. Uh, you'll drop down. We'll switch to spooning around then and you know middle of october you're looking at fifteen twenty fish days for the norm or middle of september and then come october you're hoping on your oh geez i'm hoping on forty fifty fish days um, we'll see what it's going to be like and i hope i'm not wrong with that guess but that's kind of what i'm counting on and that'll be shallow and it it kind of won't matter what you drop to them they'll bite about anything as long as you present it right, and um, a little piece of sucker meat goes a long ways, come from here on out through October.
1: Now, uh, you and I usually fish them from a boat, but people don't have a boat. That's a great time to come and catch some lake trout from shore, too, isn't it?
0: You know it is, and your long, slender spoons, um, they've worked the best for me over the years, and they'll work October all the way to ice off. You know, stuff like your crocodiles, your leech flutter spoons, um, stuff like that really work well. And another good producer, your big spinners, like your number five meps, um, your big panther martins, just some real big long spinners fished real deep with a little piece of sucker meat on them. They work real well. Your tube jigs, your twister tails, your jerk sheds, all those will work really well also. But it really, the spoons really take the nod come October.
1: And it it is grouped up. And another thing, you and I talk a lot about selective harvest and, you know, letting the big fish go. This is a time of the year when we get into this starting at about three weeks and going through October when you're probably not going to catch as many big fish, not that you can't get one occasionally, but it's typically, what do you think, 15 to 22 inches? And, And there's nothing wrong with taking a few of those home.
0: You know, and that's what it'll be. It'll be a lot of, just a lot of numbers. Uh, The big fish are spawning. They really don't want to eat. But all them little, we call them egg eaters. Um, All them littler fish are in the nest eating the eggs up, and they're just eating. They're kind of like a bunch of teenagers at a barbecue. They're just going to eat all the food before the adults come in. And those are the fun ones to target. And, yeah, we could use to take a few of them out. And speaking of that, Terry, there is, The the biologists on all these lakes in Colorado do a survey. They go out and they net a bunch of fish, they measure them, and they let them go, and they put that on their website. If you are a guy who wants to go out and you want to target lakes and you want to find out what you really have a chance on getting, you look on the CPW's website, do a search for the lake survey, or you can go to my website, I wrote an article about a while back of Selective Harvest, what to keep, what to let go, and it has links to the statewide one and one to particular on Gramby. And it really helps you decide if you're a selective harvest guy, it really helps you decide which ones you should keep because you'll see you'll see the curve and the size in there and you'll see a whole bunch like on Gramby, there's a whole bunch of them fifteen to seventeen inches. And those there, when you get in the biggest groups of those fish, those are there that really you really want to pick on and let them, when when that curve comes down to where it goes flat again on the bottom, those are the ones you really want to be careful and release. And that's, that's just real good for the lake. And um, you still get your fish. You can just select the right ones because I don't believe there's a firm number that goes across the state anywhere. And if you can look at that, it'll really help you choose which ones you want to kill. And it'll also let you know, if you do the research on it, like um, Monarch Lake has 15-inch brookies in it. Um, Meadow Creek has 17- and 18-inch tiger trout in it. So it'll let you pick these lakes. If you want to go for some larger fish, it'll let you pick the lakes in, that give you a honest shot at the larger fish.
1: Yeah, it really allows you to see what's you know, they tell you when they tested it, what they found in it and it gives you it gives you confidence too, knowing those fish are in there. And you know, if you want to catch trophy fish you got to fish a lake that has trophy fish and if you just want numbers you have to fish a lake you know has numbers sometimes one lake like gramby can have both but like the ones you mentioned with the brook trout i mean catching big colorful brook trout when they get into their spawn colors here soon they're just so beautiful it's unbelievable how are some of the other lakes up there doing i heard that this might be a pretty good year for kokanee at wolford
0: You know, I think it's going to be. They've been putting a lot in there. They're not big because they put so many in there. But um, we were down there the other day, and we didn't catch any, but we sure saw a lot on the graph. And now here in the next week or two, they're going to be stacked up real thick in the deep water down by the dam, and you're going to be able to go look for them on your graph and drop spoons to them. And if you're a downrigger guy, if you're a troller, you're going to be able to use lead core or or downriggers. And you're going to be able to go get fish there. And when it turns on, limits will be a pretty easy thing to go get. Um, We usually go down there. I'll go down there with a friend or two. And we're we're either limited by 10 o'clock or we don't have a fish by 10 Um, o'clock. I'm not real good at the coke or anything. I just do a couple of things. If it works, it works real good. And if it doesn't work, well, we go to breakfast. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. those kokanee at this time of the year, before they go into that spawn, are still really good eating fish, too. Um, they're You they're know, they silver,
0: are. Yeah. They, they yeah. are. They're still silver, and they'll be silver. Here at the end of the month, you'll be able to start targeting them from the bank. Um, I don't know if it's going to be the beginning of October, the middle of October, when all that starts. We start going down the middle of October, and it'll be a bank fishing where all you need is a little a little white grub, some white shoepeg corn or some waxworms or some shrimp are the three major getters there underneath a bobber, just stay on, walk on top of a hill and either look for the anglers down there or look for the fish starting to porpoise and walk down on them. And um, it, you got to get there early. By the time the sun hits the water, that bites over from the bank, but it's usually really good until the sun hits the water.
1: All right, Bernie. Real quick, what else is going on up in your area?
0: Let's uh, see. The the lake trout on Granby, they're they're still kind of tough, but you're getting them if you go target them. Grand Lake is fishing fairly well. It fished pretty well all year long this year. A lot of smaller fish with a couple bigger fish thrown in. Um, Williams Fork is fishing really well for lake trout, and the pike are starting to get get a little more active. Now we got that snowstorm cold, cold front coming in on Tuesday. So I would imagine after that goes away and it clears up a little bit, that's going to drop them shallow water temperatures a bit, and the pike are going to be real active down there. So that's going to change everything. The night fishing for browns up in this area is really starting to heat up. I went out the other night, and I got four browns about 20 to 23 inches and then some smaller ones, and I was just using a a Rapala. Any floating minnow bait that makes a wake, and you reel it in real slow so it makes a wake, it's really cool. You'll hear the splashing, and then you'll feel the bite. Um, it's a real fun way to go. If you can go down there, and if you're going to night fish and you go down and do it, try not to have any lights so your eyes, can, your eyes can acclimate to the dark, and you'll do a lot better.
1: All right, Bernie, we got to run, but if people want more information or to book trips with your guys, how do they get a hold of you?
0: Uh, Look me up on my website, FishingWithBernie.com, Facebook FishingWithBernie, Instagram FishingWithBernie, emails, berniekeef at hotmail.com, phone numbers 970-531-2318. Any of those, get a hold of me and we'll, we'll try to hook you up with a trip or get you some information, whatever you need. All
1: right. Thank you, my friend. Enjoy your time on the water today.
0: Hey, thank you very much. You guys take care.
1: You bet. That's Bernie Keefe. Always a wealth of information. One of my favorite areas to fish up in that Granby area. By the way, if you go to my um, YouTube channel, The Best of Fishing with Terry Wickstrom, we probably have three or four shows on the channel with Bernie. One of them where we take you through the seasons Another one where we target Grand Lake and then a couple ice fishing, and there may be some more. But, you know, there's about 150 episodes, 140 on our YouTube channel, and about half of them were filmed right in your backyard here. That's The Best of Fishing with Terry Wickstrom on YouTube. We'll take a quick time out. When we come back, we're going to talk about some funding for outdoor uh, opportunities that exist here in Colorado. And Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. And you see them shine. Very well-known man from my hometown, Robert Zimmerman, or you know him as Bob Dylan. Very fortunate to have known Bob. All right, Terry Wickstrom Outdoors is brought to you by Jack's Outdoor Gear. You know, right now they're having their annual outdoor clothing and shoe um sale and that they have shoes for the outdoors for every application and the prices on the biggest brands right now are just cut dramatically at all the jacks locations let's go right to the phones uh joining us from colorado parks and wildlife is jim guthrie good morning jim
2: how are you doing terry thanks for having me on
1: you know i'm doing well it's going to be a little warm this weekend but i'm looking forward to it especially when i think we could get snow next tuesday Uh, Things could change, but then it's going to warm up again. We got a lot of nice weather to come. And, you know, it's been obviously 2020 has been a very trying year for uh, for a lot of people and a lot of normal travel, vacations, youth sports, pro sports, going out for dinner, going out to a movie haven't been available. And we were already. A tremendous uh seeing tremendous growth in the outdoor population in colorado as more people moved here but this just accelerated it and along with that we need more resources we want these people outdoors we want them to enjoy it but it takes resources and you have a couple programs that help fund building some of these resources uh, so we can have these outdoor opportunities tell us about the programs
2: well there are two major programs one focuses on shooting ranges and the other focuses on aquatic pro, uh, aquatic projects, so fishing projects. Uh, the shooting range grant program, we have seven hundred plus thousand dollars every year for projects, for new ranges, expanding ranges, uh, improving existing ranges. Uh, and for the fishing uh, side of it, we have about six hundred and fifty thousand each year. Uh, same, same approach, uh, you know, building new uh, fishing opportunities, um, making it easier for anglers to get to existing ones. Um, and those are both the largest ones in the country. So we're really, CPW is really putting a lot of money into building these new resources. And both projects, uh, programs are statewide. Um, So there are some projects in the front range. uh, There are a bunch on the eastern plains, western slope. Um, There are maps on our website that show you where the projects have been. And it really is all over the state. So we're really trying to build resources around. Um, You've got uh, on the shooting range projects, um, one of the biggest challenges and biggest opportunities is in the Denver metro area. It's very hard to cite a new or expanded uh shooting range, and we've got a couple projects in the works this year we funded um, uh more than three hundred thousand three fifty uh for an expansion of the Boulder Rifle Club project, and it'll be open to the public. it'll be um the Boulder Rifle Club itself is private, but they're going to have a uh, public range right next to it. Um, so that's a huge opportunity. That one is moving along pretty well. Um, there are a couple up in Clear Creek. There's one up in Fort Lupton. And for your listeners and you who have been hearing me say this for year after year, oh, these are in the works. These take a long time uh, to get Approved and construction started and everything, so I'm I'm really hopeful in the next you know uh, year, maybe next time I'm on this show that I'll be able to say, you know the range is open, Um, but that's a a real opportunity uh, that I'm personally very happy to be part of on on getting these ranges built.
1: Now, you talked about the fact that, you know, Boulder Rifle Club is private, but to get some of these funds, you said they will be building public. And I think that's a requirement that if you take either the hunting or fishing money, that there has to be public access. It has to improve the general public's access to these opportunities. And people have heard the numbers you throw around, and they're fairly substantial, the biggest in the country, and they're probably wondering, well, how do you get this money? And that's a wonderful thing about some laws that were passed many, many years ago on some special excise taxes. A lot of this money comes from the people who buy gear to take part in these activities, doesn't it?
2: Yeah, about three-quarters of each program, the funding comes through uh, the excise tax on hunting or fishing equipment, uh, and that was the base for for years for uh, both of these programs. Uh, in the last two or three years, uh, there's uh, the state legislature passed a law to uh, establish, authorize a uh, hunting and fishing license plate. And... I think we're about 20,000 of those are now, you know, on the road that people sign up voluntarily. They uh, pay an extra, and I pay an extra, um, I think it's $35, no, $25 a year for the plate. And that money goes into both these programs. Uh, so it's, you know, there was kind of the concept several years ago. And I like to think it's, you know, it actually turned out like it was supposed to. Uh, We put about $150,000 each year into both um, the shooting range grant program through these funds and the uh, fishing as fund program uh, using that. And so it's expanded the program without getting very technical. It also opens up new opportunities where if we just use federal funds, it might get more complicated and some projects might not happen. And having the state funds makes that a lot easier. So it's, uh, uh, it's kind of the combination of those have, have really allowed the both programs to expand over the last couple of years.
1: Now we're going to run out of time here in a minute, but a couple of things I want people to understand too is that these are typically some matching funds where people come to you and they say, we want to, um, I'm going to pick one up, one of these that you sent me. Let's say the Uncompadre River, their city of Montrose wants to do, uh, some in-channel habitat improvement, which is going to be good for the fish in the river, they they come and they ask for, say, maybe $300,000. But you require them to have a sizable amount of money or in-kind in work or money or goods. And I think they're putting over a million dollars themselves into that. And you didn't quite match what they asked for, but now they've got a substantial amount of money. But it takes a commitment by the groups doing it, too, doesn't it?
2: Oh, absolutely, and that's a great project to cite because it brought in local money from Montrose. It also brings in uh, GOCO or the lottery money into it. There's some private um, private business money that's going into it. Uh, that project, it's a big project, and uh, each one of those entities couldn't fund it on their own, but when you pull them all together, uh, it's going to work, and that project is right in the... I don't know, right in the middle of Montrose. It's not like 10 miles outside of town. It is right there in the middle. So it's that. that's really a fun project to, to watch kind of develop. We've got to go, but if, if there's entities out there that
1: are looking to see if they could qualify for some of these grants, where could they find information, Jim?
2: I would get on our website and just do a search for shooting range grants or Fishing as Fun grants, and it'll take you to the page on our website. Uh, Google search will probably get you to the same point. That will have my contact information. Uh, Email me if you're interested, and we can talk about projects. I'll get you in touch with our local people, and then go out and actually walk around and see what what the plan is and what you're thinking of and, and help you design the project too.
1: All right, thank you, my friend. We need these opportunities with the way we're expanding. The people getting into the outdoors. So great, great programs by uh, Colorado Parks and Wildlife. Thanks for joining us, Jim. All right, thank you. You bet, Jim Guthrie. Terry Wickstrom Outdoors is brought to you in part by Jack's Outdoor Gear. Still growing up and having fun.
3: I pass the
1: Terry Woodstrom Outdoors is brought to you in part by Jack's Outdoor Gear. Whether the enthusiast in your family is a seasoned pro, learning a new skill, or carrying on a family tradition, they have the best brands for their outdoor adventure. Columbia, Patagonia, Leatherman, Yeti, Berkeley, Reddington, and more. Stop by a Jack's store near you. Let's go right to the phones as uh, Bridget Cochelle from Colorado Parks and Wildlife is joining us. Good morning, Bridget.
3: Good morning. Thank you so much for having me.
1: Well, thank you for coming on. You know, I was just talking to Jim Guthrie about the grant money that's going to build new outdoor opportunities in fishing and shooting for people. And we talked about the number of people getting outdoors. And you and I talked earlier in the week that, you know, there hasn't... COVID has changed a lot of people's recreational activity. They're not traveling. There wasn't a lot of youth sports. And they've turned to the outdoors. And a lot of them are going to stay outdoors. But along with that, a lot of people that haven't been outdoors for the longest time or don't have a tradition of being outdoors or they're just getting outdoors for the first time really have gone outdoors. And we want these people out there. We think it's important both for the outdoor community and it's important for the well-being of these people. But a lot of them aren't aware of the etiquette the regulations and even the understanding of how to respect our outdoor resources. And you're really working hard to bring that message, aren't you?
3: That's right. Exactly. The pandemic has brought to the forefront how important it is that we go out and enjoy our natural resources, but also how important it is that we take care of them. And so I would like to just inspire everybody that There is a way to balance outdoor recreation with mindful conservation. And we do want to care for Colorado and practice those leave no trace principles.
1: And that, Care for Colorado and Leave No Trace is something that should go on all the time. But you're really focusing on it this week to get that message out. We have the holiday weekend. Um, We have some other programs focusing on getting that message out. And there's just a lot of people that I think are going to continue. You know, we've got some snow coming in or cold weather, but that's going to go away. And people are going to continue to go out, and they do go out year-round. So what are some of the, the cornerstones of this program?
3: Sure. So some of the principles are the know before you go. And that means respecting trail closures, looking at park closures. If a trail is closed, then you just want to make sure you stay off the trail. We also want people to stay on trails. So what that means is not walking on vegetation or trampling on flowers or bushes. Also, trash or trash. That's one of the biggest things. We Really, whatever you pack into a park, you want to pack out. It's so important. That we pick up after ourselves to preserve our landscapes and keep our beautiful lands and waters clean. And that also includes dog waste. Also, leave what you find. Don't pick flowers, don't stack rocks. We just want to leave it as beautiful as it is so that we can embrace it and enjoy it for generations to come. Also, be careful with fire, everything's very dry right now. And then of course, we got to respect wildlife. This is their home too. So again, that's picking up after yourself, not approaching animals, just being very mindful not to leave any kinds of food or trash behind, and also just being kind to others. We're so lucky to live in this beautiful state. And so it's nice to wave to each other, respect people on trails, and we're all in this together. And again, it's just, Embrace everything the outdoors has to offer. And then also I, conservation starts small. Yeah.
1: It does. And I want to expand on a couple of the points you made. One was staying on the trails. First of all, obviously, if a trail is closed, it's probably because it's muddy and you'll tear it up or there's a fire danger in there or something's going on. So there's a reason. Don't go around barricades. But when you're walking the trails, I, I saw this early in the summer. People were so conscious of social distancing and the covid that they would meet other people going the other way on a trail and both of them would step way off the trail to pass each other. Well, when you do that, you start expanding the trail and you start causing erosion and pretty soon it erodes and you get a muddy mess. That's why we need you to stand the trail, find a wide spot where you can pass or meet people. Or if you're wearing a mask, you should be able to pass them in the outdoors very quickly, but understand that. And the dog thing where there's wildlife, I just want to really touch on that, that, We have some wildlife in some areas in Colorado that a dog that's not on a leash or even a dog on a leash can really interfere with wildlife. Right now, they're getting into their rut and there's a lot of hunting going on. So be very cautious of where you take a pet and how you've got it under control. But any last comments before we let you go? How can people, is there places to go that you're promoting for this uh, initiative?
3: So, I mean, again, we are so lucky that Colorado is home to 22 billion acres of public lands, and we have 41 state parks. So the only thing that we would love to inspire people is to shout conservation in action. And if you're picking up after yourself and you're experiencing the outdoors, we'd love for you to use the hashtag Care for Colorado. It's a great way to show that we all come together and balance our outdoor lifestyle with outdoor ethics. So just want everyone to enjoy the weekend. And remember, conservation starts small, and we're all responsible for taking care of our beautiful state.
1: And hashtag Care for Colorado. Use that in your posts, and and let's all inspire each other to maintain these beautiful resources so we can all enjoy them. Thank you, Bridget, for joining us.
3: Absolutely. Have a great day, Terry.
1: You bet. That's Bridget we're going to take a time out we're going to talk some more fishing we got hunting coming up with nate zalinski we've got austin parr joining us we've just got so much more to cover terry wickstrom outdoors is brought to you in part by jack's outdoor gear if you need it for the outdoors Jax has got it you're listening to terry wickstrom outdoors on 104.3 the fan let's go right to the phones joining us he's been a frequent contributor on not only on this show but on my television shows from Kirk's Fly Shop in Estes, Kirk Bean. Good morning, Kirk. Good morning. I'm uh, I, I can't have. I'm sure it's beautiful up in Estes. It's always beautiful up in Estes. I actually stayed up there two, three weeks ago down by the Fall River and just hung out and watched the elk come up and have dinner with me. But what about the smoke? Are you getting much smoke up on that side of Estes, the park, up and down the Big Thompson, or has, has it been pretty good? No, it's been
4: really good. Last week and a half, has been, it's cleared up pretty good.
1: That's awesome because, you know, we've got a long weekend. People are looking at where to go, and then we've got this little cold front coming in that we're going to drop ridiculously low temperatures, but then it's going to warm up again, and I actually think that that's going to spur on good fishing. But what's the fishing like right now? I know you go up in the park a lot. What's happening up in the park? Are you seeing pretty good fishing? Oh, the park's great right now. This is the time of the year to fish the park. What are you seeing up there? Any particular technique? Water flow? Yeah. Um, Yeah, dry fly. That's what I've heard, that the dry fly fishing is really – I like this time of year when the dry flies are active because I love to fish a hopper dropper because I can splash the hopper down so I don't have to make a delicate cast like you can, and then I can squirm the hopper around a little bit. If I get a bad drift, and I still catch fish.
4: Right. No, that works great. Dry with a little drop works real well.
1: Yeah. How what what kind of flies do you like to use up in the park for a drop or below a dry? I'm just doing a little pheasant tail size eighteen or something. It's probably my favorite right now. Do you is that a beadhead or just a regular nymph? Just a regular nymph.
4: Um there are beadhead ants but I like the uh, um it's just a hard ended ant. I can't even the epoxy ant. The epoxy ant's my favorite ant out there right
1: now. Huh. Okay, so you're fishing. Is the fact that the elk are starting their rut affecting where you can fish in the park right now?
4: It does in the in the afternoon, like in the meadow. They close the meadow to fishing because the
1: elk might chase you out. Uh,
4: but you can fish above the meadows, up in the trees uh, in the afternoon. So I think that's
1: closed from 4 till dark. Now, if people want to go into the park, you have to have a reservation. But if they book a guide trip with you, you have time slots, right?
4: Right. No, we do.
1: So so you can get them in. How far in advance if somebody wanted to fish Rocky Mountain National Park, do they have to get a hold of you?
4: Uh Just a day's notice. you can normally get you in.
1: You know, I was up, I said, like, I was up at Estes, and I was on the Fall River, and I really didn't, wasn't a fishing trip. Karen and I just wanted to get away because we have been stuck inside with the COVID so much, and I was up at some cabins there, and the Fall River ran through, and almost any time I wanted, I could take a hopper-dropper, walk 20 feet to the river from my cabin, and catch a brown trout. Now, they weren't big, but it was just like automatic. It was so much fun. Are you seeing a lot of, a lot of cutthroats, brookies, browns? What are you catching in the park?
4: Well, up in the park, it's going to be mostly brookies and browns, and then the further up you go, you can generally get into a cutthroat or two.
1: Are, are you able to horseback into those alpine lakes right now? Yeah, no
4: no problem getting up there on horse for sure.
1: You and I did a show where we took horse back up there, um, and I was amazed by the size of some of those fish in the Alpine lakes. They'll surprise people, won't they? They will. They grow
4: a little longer under that ice. Uh, you can get them all the way up to about 18 inches up there.
1: Yeah, and you're up there and you almost never see anybody else because it's so high up there. What about the other side of the park? You guys have a location now over in Grand Lake. Are you fishing and guiding on the other side of the park too? We are. Yeah.
4: The other side of the park is great fly fishing on the
1: upper Colorado, East Brook now, now, do you see – go ahead. You cut out there for a minute.
4: Oh, did I? Uh, great brook trout fishing up on those streams.
1: There's a lot of beaver ponds over on that side too, isn't there?
4: There are a lot more beavers on that side, so a lot of good pools and get some big brown trout those beaver ponds.
1: Well, both the browns and the brooks are going to be getting into the spawn, and I'll tell you what, you get a a nice-sized male brook trout when it's in its fall colors, and they are just unbelievably beautiful. It looks like they're hand-painted. To me, that is my favorite trout to look at is that fall Brook trout, when that male, when it's in full spawn, and it's so much fun. Do you get any size to the brook trout in the park? Uh, generally,
4: a, a ten incher is a monster. So, but um, occasionally you get them up to that
1: range. And it's amazing how they will come up, both them and the cutthroats, and take a bug that looks so big when you're fishing those pockets, isn't it? It is.
4: I've even caught a brook trout on a mouse pattern once. <laughs>
1: They're, yeah, they're, they get an opportunity they want to eat. What about some of the other waters? You fish the Colorado as it comes out of the park, I believe, and then you also float it. What do you see in there?
4: Uh, yeah, coming out of the park, it's it's great fishing there. Uh, we fish a lot near partial, um, smaller midges and blue wing olives coming up there. And then we float down to Kremlin, and that's kind of the kind of stuff midges and blue olives and stone flat.
1: Now, we'll, when those browns start getting into the spawn, you can see a really good streamer bite. Is that started, or is that a way off, ways off yet?
4: In October,
1: when we start okay. that. And boy, that can be some exciting fishing. Just really, almost like bass fishing. You throw those streamers up against the bank and just strip them back, and it's unbelievable. You catch some huge browns. We didn't talk about the Big Thompson itself. How is the Big Thompson fishing? Any areas better than others? The well,
4: Thompson is really
1: tough. The cooler temperatures that
4: helped the canyon. Uh, earlier this summer, it only fished good in the morning or late afternoon. Right now, it's fishing a lot better, maybe two hours of slow time kind of.
1: And we should see that uh, Big Thompson, after this cold front comes through, should pick up and probably fish good almost all day.
4: Yeah, it'll be really good,
1: I'd say. So, Kirk, you're kind of breaking up on us. Why don't you tell people, if they want more information, how they find you?
4: We're at 2.30 East.
1: And I think I'm losing you, Kirk, but the best way to find you is, is kirksflyshop.com you're right there in estes next to the dairy queen i know you guys can supply anything anybody needs for a trip you have a number of guides and and you like a little notice but if somebody's just trying to get out if you want to get out tomorrow or monday you probably can accommodate them right correct all right my friend i'm going to let you go because we have kind of a bad connection but great as always to talk to you all right thanks terry Kirk Bean, I'll tell you what, um, you want to go out and learn or fish with some nice people. They're just tremendous up there. Um, Kirk has done a number of television shows with me that you can find on The Best of Fishing with Terry with Shum Outdoors on YouTube. In fact, uh, we did a horseback trip I talked about where we rode horses up to those high alpine lakes. Just incredible, incredible fishing. It was just unbelievable. And it was this time of the year. It was getting into the fall. Um, we did another trip where we backpacked up with llamas carrying the camera gear and things uh, and did the small fish on the Roaring River, I believe. I can't remember if it Roaring or the Fall River, but we went up there. And I've fished a number of the park drive-up areas myself where I've actually driven up to some of the areas in the park and caught brook trout. Uh, right off the sidewalk where people were walking by talking to me. So there's so many opportunities up in the park. And a lot of those, like I said, are on our YouTube channel, The Best of Fishing with Terry Wickstrom. You can watch those. You can probably go up and do them. But if you want to learn fishing the park, spending a trip with Kirk and his guys will really help you. They also really know the Big Thompson. I'm hearing tremendous reports. You know, was it six years ago when the floods came through approximately? And just really almost wiped that river out. As they rebuilt that road, they have done such a great job of rebuilding the river. In fact, I posted an article that I wrote for the Denver Post on my Facebook page, uh, Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. And you should follow us on Facebook. We put a lot of pertinent information that we're going to cover on this show on Facebook. And we also... Um, every time we post a new video to our YouTube channel, we put it up there. If I get out, we put reports. We get reports from Colorado Parks and Wildlife. It was a lake closure that's going to salvage today. We're gonna that's on my Facebook page and we're gonna talk about that later in the show. So following us on Terry Wicksham Outdoors on Facebook will get you a lot of information. And it can also help you win trivia. We do trivia and the the prizes can be from about twenty five dollars to a hundred dollars. And the answer, for some reason, always seems to be on our Facebook page the week before we ask the trivia. So that's another reason to follow us on Facebook. But the fishing, getting back to the fishing up there right now, I think you're going to find some great dry fly fly fishing uh, up high in the mornings and evenings. But after this cold front comes through and we start to warm up again in the 70s, I think you're going to see rivers everywhere warming up. We'll take a quick time out. When we come back, Nate Solinsky will join us, and we'll talk hunting right here on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan.